Hello everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the Kicking About podcast. Uh, I know you'll enjoy this episode, but I, I just want to apologise in advance. We did have a few audio issues, so if you do pick up on some background noise, I am I do apologise about that. Um, but hopefully you'll enjoy the episode anyway. <laughs> We're keeping this in. Shut up, sorry. I'm, I'm trying, trying to start, to start podcasting, podcasting, mate. Hello everyone, Hello, and welcome, welcome back, back to the Kicking About, about podcast, podcast, episode five. Yo, yo, yo. Today, hey, let's uh, go. Back with the whole crew again this week. No weddings this week for anyone. Uh, maybe next week, though. Hey? Maybe they're too afraid. Yeah, no. Tim, how are you doing today? Not in a wedding. Not a wedding. Ty, how are you doing today? Uh, disgusted by Tim wearing a shirt that has an Arsenal. Oh, we're we going there on. already. Already. Okay. Straight in. So this wasn't on the topic of discussion, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So I've decided, not that it's difficult, but to start collecting, um, that's racism, <laughs> um, to start um, collecting um, football kits with East Asian players name, uh, uh-huh. who's playing in the Premier League. Yeah. So there is one I'm looking to buy, I can't believe I'm saying this, there's a Man City kit I'm looking to buy from the early 2000s Yeah. with uh, a guy's name who's called Sun Ji Hai. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the few good players for Man City when they were bad. I just wanted yeah. to say, you know, just be careful what you East wish Asian for, Tim. Players. The moment you had that shirt, bad luck is only going to start to follow. And I think with some of the stuff we we'll talked today about, we'll see what happens. Fun fact as well, Tommy Asu has already played more Premier League minutes for Arsenal at 62 minutes than Inamoto, Park Chuyong, Miyachi and Asano combined. He only played 25 minutes, so... Wow. Pretty cool fact, considering he's only played one game. Uh, Ty, how are you doing today? Good. I did ask you this, didn't I? We're moving on. I, I, I don't really care, Ty, to be honest. <laughs> um, so... We're, we're, we're onto, onto a, segment a segment that we're now calling Ty's Takes. Wow. It's for hot takes that Ty thinks about every <laughs> night when he's in bed mm. and waits <laughs> for the following week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Of course, because obviously every every week, all I think about is my hot takes as I yeah. sleep, he, as he, I dream he, about them. All he cares about in his life is to come over here and yeah. antagonizes us. Yeah, and yeah. share his opinions yeah. and try and sway yeah. us. Yeah. I, I actually go into hibernation mode uh, in between the podcasts and I just reappear. He just plugs himself onto the internet. Get hot takes and then come to the podcast. <laughs> come to the podcast every yeah. week. So, so Ty, what is your hot take this week? I actually agree with Arsene Wenger's proposal for having the European competitions or the World Cup and the UEFA, uh, uh, so the UEFA Open League, uh, <laughs> words, uh, for having the, uh, the Euros every two years. I actually, I actually think is it's Is it the Euros every two years as well? Yeah. So the Euros and the World Cup every two years. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so they're alternating. So if this year was okay. the World Cup, Euros, then next year with the World Cup, then the year after will be the Euros, then the year after will be the World Cup. Just so again gives you an idea. It's where interesting that is. how like um, a con, concacaf. Yeah, concacaf. Yeah. yeah, and um, the Asian Football Federation (AFC). Yeah, uh, confederation uh, that has uh, come out in agreement. Look at that. Hard take Cause, cause, or reason? Because reasoning is that the more money it generates, yeah. the more money there is to distribute between the football so, uh, confederations, 100%, right? 100%, yeah. But my thing is, most of the money generated by FIFA is spent on corruption. I mean, you can't really have a bigger organization like FIFA and not expect some level of corruption. I think that's fair. But it's so widespread. Yeah, but I think this still gives an opportunity for other countries to host the World Cup. The reason why it's so hard right now, I just think of hosts. And right now, we all know every four years, like in your lifetime, there's never going to be a chance where maybe your home country could have the chance of hosting the World Cup. Yeah. 
I think with this two-year proposal, it gives opportunity for not just necessarily like one country, but a couple of countries. I can think of maybe African countries instead of it being one country. Maybe a couple countries host the World Cup that are like in close proximity enough to host it. That would help. It also means that you could actually have um, more, not saying more teams, but younger teams playing in the World Cup. This is what Wenger is proposing because the average age is 27 and 28. That means by the time the next World Cup comes around, they may no longer be in their prime. Of course, 30-year-old players now are a bit different, but it just means that players who are 24, once you miss your window in this current landscape, that's it. But that, what what's makes it so special? That it's unique. It's uh, one. It's like the Olympics is a once in a lifetime, potentially once in a lifetime opportunity, and that's probably why so much money investment flocks into it because it's a one in a lifetime opportunity. I'll bring, I'll bring it back as well to the Super League discussions that people had a few weeks ago. Whereas if you're to see these matches more often, they lose. That special feeling, but, but that once in a lifetime feeling, because less like, was like, it, like is it a once in a Is it still in the once in a lifetime experience? With the, I mean, you look at the Champions League and just going off the Super League, you know, you can see a game like Barcelona against Manchester United once every ten years. Whereas if you were to introduce the Super League, you see it every year. Well, like it's like more World Cup. Season okay, where okay, there I think was we need to hold, hold for a second. Let's think about this. We watch international friendlies, boring international friendlies, and they are played throughout the entirety of this league season. <laughs> and I'll be very honest with you. I would rather have more competitive games. And also what this proposes is that we would cut out the fat. We just cut out all that nonsense about having these international friendlies and only play games that actually matter. But we don't have as many friendlies anymore because, you know, World Cup qualifying, Euro, uh, Euro qualifying, and then that Nations League is now there as well. We Nations League we is don't that need competition. The That's the thing I, th- I think is we don't need that. It's too much. Like that's 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 that, instead of having the Nations League, I would rather have another World Cup. I think it would be nice because I look at other countries, right, who are trying to invest into their football teams. I look at mainly the smaller countries who are trying to invest. They only have they have four years to try and do that. If they've missed their mark, what if their team is best two years prior to the World Cup, or just, just the year before? That's just how it falls. It's though. unfortunate, but it doesn't give them a chance to show the world that they can actually try and have their players I, on the big stage. Despite Wenger's best intention, I think this is a FIFA power play. Yes, I, I agree. And I think it's about money. Even if it is about money, it just means more money gets distributed to some of these I other countries that FIFA don't get a chance. UEFA is too powerful. Yes. And UEFA, also not without his faults and also disgusting in terms of his corruption, um, doesn't want its power wrestled away from FIFA because what that means 100%. is... 100%. Yeah. I mean, you've got UEFA to think gets well, all the money. Yeah, but you've got to think UEFA have the Euros, but they have the Champions League. FIFA have no club competition. Well, no, no, FIFA's no, no, money relies on the World Cup. Not just that. They have the Nations League as well. They also have the Champions League, Europa League, Conference League, whatever, whatever that is. They have so many of these competitions that they're just raking in all the money. And where are they keeping that money in? In European led countries this is why other nations are going to struggle to compete i look at every other investment in the other countries they're going to struggle because where's all that money staying in it's staying in europe as much as we hate fifa and uefa yes they're corrupt but let's think about the logistics of this if more money was put into other countries it means we get to see more of them it means more investors will get to put more of them if you saw the ghana team right and they were playing every two years and they were playing all right. 
if an investor like Coca-Cola would be like, actually, you know what? Let's let's put a little bit more money into Ghana. They look pretty good. They're giving us a good I, I, name I for diversity. I, I, get, I, get I get what you're saying, saying and I'm, I'm tempted yeah. to jump on this afterwards, and I do agree. But the fact that UEFA are introducing these competitions, like the Nations League, and the Nations League is good because it's equal rated teams playing equal rated teams. There is no pointless friendlies in that because you've yeah. got the top teams playing the top teams. The teams like San Marino are, are playing other teams along the bottom like Gibraltar and Andorra, and it's more competitive for them. Yeah. But what's stopping the federations of, you know, CONCAF and, and the Americas um, coming up with their own competitions like this that introduces more competitive games aside from Copper America, African Cup of Nations, I know the Australians have a cup, but I don't know what it's called. Like, what is stopping their football federation from introducing more tournaments to generate more money Australia and more plays, competitive matches? I think Australia plays with the with the Asian one, does the, the AFC? The yeah. AFC. Yeah. But I think with with what you're saying there, right? Concaf, I think, is usually every two years. Every two years is played. I look at um, what's the one in South America? Um, Copa America. The Copa America. I think that one's also every two years. All they're proposing is instead of us going two years, two years, two years. Swapping in between European comp- multiple European competitions because we all know their European leagues are the best leagues in the world. 100%. We can't even deny that, right? This is where the majority of kids growing up want to play. There's nothing wrong with that. They have too much history. They have too much investment put into place to not allow them to crumble anytime soon. The problem is if we don't at least try, I'm not talking about the format of the FIFA World Cup itself, how many teams we should have, how it should be played. But by having at least those World Cups every two years, it just allows for more teams outside of the European leagues to get additional investment. Even if the majority stays corrupt, that's fine. We are going to expect that. We have to expect that. But at least that's more than waiting every four years in comparison. I mean, I get it. And like the other side of this is obviously the players. And I've seen what Wenger said in terms of not having to play more games and players still having time to rest in summers and things like that. But also about the mental well-being of players and the fact that if we have a World Cup every two years, they're going to be put into more high-pressure situations. And, you, I mean, you look at the Euros and what happened with Saka, Rashford and Sancho after, you know, they didn't live up to what the crowd wanted them to live up to in a high-pressure situation. If we have more World Cups... four years. Yeah, but if, if there's more World Cups, does that lead to more racism in football? I think, if anything, it would do the complete opposite. It means people are more used to seeing international faces around the world. Like, for example, I look at um, the Asian teams, the African teams, and also the, some of the, of the South American teams, right? I, I, actually, no. I'm going to talk about the Asian teams and the African teams. These are teams that are not the biggest faces when it comes to football. Why? Because the majority of them would rather play for a country. Let's say, for example, most of the French players, they'd rather play for France. Why? Because they know in the next four years they'll get to either play in the Euros or they'll get to play um, in, uh, in the World Cup and win something. If it was every two years, the choice to actually play for your country or another country or your native country becomes a little bit more appealing because, you know, actually, you know what? I don't have to be, I, I can actually get more money out of this because there's investment coming from FIFA to allow other teams who are participating in the World Cup. I don't entirely disagree with what you're saying. I think 
one way to solve the problem is that these countries and their clubs and national teams need more exposure, need more international exposure. But they can't. But the World Cup is the only is the biggest one I, there. I just, I, my my thing is not so much against that idea; it's more against FIFA. I just don't trust FIFA with that responsibility. But in this in this proposal, right, by having it every two years, it does mean we have to force the way FIFA is run. It has to put a change into how FIFA is run. Even look at UEFA right now; they're trying everything in their body to try and change to repel this. Why? Because they know this change is going to allow for a difference in how the world, in how world football is played. Because no, as nice as it is I'll, to see, you know, the Euros and you know the World Cups, I know who's most likely going to win it. It's the teams that have these the biggest stars. Okay, okay. And where the biggest stars play, they all play in Europe, and it's a shame. Why? Because they get a, all the investment. A, just going on a couple of little bits because uh, we'll, we'll kind of end this discussion soon. Um, so obviously, when we're talking about 25-day break after the tournament ends, and if the tournament's four weeks, that's nearly two months that players are away from their clubs. Obviously, when you then look at pre-season and all these clubs go on international tours to Asia, to America, um, to Australia sometimes, to kind of have football out there, have Premier League clubs out in these countries, does that then take away from that? Because there's not the same time between a season starting and a World Cup ending because the players have rest days, but also... When you look at it, Wenger's also talking about having six team qualifying groups. Now, when you talk about Europe and World Cup qualifying, there's 55 nations in Europe. So if you're having 16 qualifying groups, it would mean around about 14 qualifying groups. Wenger's talking about, about kind of introducing more lucrative games. If you're watching World Cup qualifiers across 14 groups, there is going to be no competitive games because if you're keeping the likes of Andorra, San Marino, Gibraltar and you still have to give them a chance, you're not going to get groups like at the moment you've got England, Poland, Hungary. It's, it's a tough group. You've got groups like Turkey who are playing France, Spain, Sweden. You're not going to have them same competitive groups because you're spreading it over more groups. So it, it could mean that over time there is less competitive matches in qualifying. But why can't we just try it? Let's try it. Let's fail. I just don't think we can stick with the same model I'm for the next 100 years and just think, let's just keep it the way it is. Yes, let's try I, it. I'm if we fail, then we can all say, you know what? We tried it. We tried to shake things up. It didn't work. I'm a big proponent of failing, like trying to fail because failing is one way to succeed. I just, again, like it's, it's who I'm failing with that I disagree with. I just don't trust FIFA to and do this responsibly. Regardless how FIFA is, I just think for the, te- for the benefits of the other teams in in this, because I think the only teams that benefit from the FIFA World Cup at the moment um, are the majority of European teams. I agree. I, I think at the moment that's what they do. I think this proposal is trying to at least try and shake it up to say, okay, how can we at least try to change it a little bit, which is why I am not opposed to it. If it fails, put our hands up. Let's Just say it fails. It as well, because he's obviously talking about another thing is a 48-team World Cup to get more teams involved. Um, you look at it in terms of Africa, who would have nine slots in the 48 team World Cup, and they have 54 nations. South America would have six teams in a 48 team World Cup, and they have 10 nations. So, for teams like South America, that qualifying campaign would be over within two, three fixtures. But it, it, it is a good thing to talk about because it is on the radar. So, it's good to know. I think, ch- like, I think we can all agree change is needed. 100%. It's finding the right change yeah. at the right time. 
but trying it as well and not having fear for it because I think if we let's if we go to the extreme which is okay let's just do it nice nice, nice. let's move on then because um, obviously another big thing has happened this week in the world of football and that is the return of European football Champions League happened last night this is <sighs> today is Wednesday um, so there is currently Champions League games going on now Europa League back tomorrow along with the Europa Conference that? League um, but obviously we have to touch on the elephant in the room that the other two are already getting at and that is the that is the fantastic mm. pass from Jesse Lingard is salt bay in the room? The fantastic, fantastic pass from Jesse Lingard to assist the young boy striker. I thought that was Iniesta. <laughs> Tim, how are you feeling after that game yesterday? Yeah, me too. <laughs> imagine, like, imagine Ronaldo, right? He, ca- he came from Real Madrid winning four Champions League. He goes to Juventus and get within touching distance of the Champions League. And then he comes back to Man United and then this happens, losing against young boys. He, he probably doesn't even know who young boys are. Also, terrible name for a team, by the way. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, we get. That. I'm sure there's a meaning for it. Uh, but, um, I don't care. It's just a terrible name. Currently, as I said, currently today's Wednesday. Um, two games have already happened. Dortmund have won two-one. Sheriff from Moldova on their first ever Champions League appearance. They've beaten Shakhtar Donetsk two-nil. Currently, Liverpool are winning one-nil. Uh, Man City are winning two-nil. Yeah. Um, Paris Saint-Germain are drawing 1-1 with Club Bruges. They were one ahead. No goal from the front three of Mbappe, Neymar and Messi. That was Ander Herrera who got Crazy. that one. And Ajax are 2-1 up against Sporting in that game. Um, but we're going to do something today. Obviously, if the Champions League is back, we're going to try and predict the Champions League group stage. Not easy to do. Uh, we're going to try and predict which two teams from each group will be going through. Some groups will be very easy. Some groups will be very hard. Um, so let's start with Group A. Uh, Man City, Paris Saint-Germain... Leipzig and Club Bruges. Obviously, currently, these games are being played now. Man City are beating Leipzig. Paris drawing with Club Bruges. Who do we see going through from Group A? I think... Uh, this one's quite obvious, isn't it? I, 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 yeah. I think City and PSG. If, if either one of those teams goes out... Who's, who's finishing top? I think City. City. Tim? I think City... Yeah, City. I think PSG is going to take a while to get used to each other. Yeah. Um, they, I'm not saying yeah I'm saying eventually they will find like clicking the gear and they'll be like um, hard to beat yeah but for now you know the first two three games together it's, they're going to find need to find rhythm yeah so, so that's yeah. a long way for me to say P- <laughs> Man City top <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so are we all going Man City PSG, PSG yeah. Leipzig Club Bruges yes I think so um, Leipzig have been depleted. So. Do we well, they, they've been completely robbed by, they have. by they Munich, innit? Do we see Leipzig <laughs> making it down into the Europa League? Even if they did, I just, don't, I just don't think they can do much this season. I really feel for them because I think the German league is just really, really cruel as to how it's run. And there's not enough being done to stop what well, Bayern Munich are doing. But what, yeah. I've, what I've read recently as to why Bayern Munich's dominance in, in terms of, like, obviously in the league, but also how they rob it, every club that finishes second that year. Yeah. It's because the way... So Munich is... Uh, Bayern Munich is in Bavaria where they have very little rival clubs within the region. Okay. So so they... P- growing up, there isn't like a Man United, Man City, Man United, Man Liv- uh, Liverpool yeah, yeah. Uh, hate Cl- for yeah. each other. So there are no players, no German players actually dislike Bayern Munich. Oh. Because they've always been like a strong team that people grew up admiring yeah kind of like kids growing up in the 80s loving liverpool yeah unless it be from manchester yeah right so so that already so so 
and then when you're playing for, if you're a German player playing for a German club, um, there is a sort of um, gentleman's agreement that we wouldn't stop you from achieve wanting to go, f- you know, achieve your dreams, which for many players is to play for Bayern Munich. Ah, so Harry Kane should have taken. Should have went to like, Leipzig <laughs> instead, like, instead of trying yeah. to go for Chelsea yeah. first. But yeah, Man City PSG, hundred percent. Perfect. Sorry, I was just looking. Um, the goal that Liverpool scored earlier has actually been given as a Tomorio goal now, not Alexander-Arnold. Wow. And also, Mike Mignon, the Milan keeper, has saved a penalty. And the reason I'm looking at that is because up next is Group B, and obviously Group B is Liverpool, Atletico Madrid, Porto, and AC Milan. It's one of the tougher groups in the yeah, Champions League, I think. Not because of all of these are great teams and they're all top teams in their leagues, but mm. because all of these games could really go either way. Yeah, 100%. I think with, uh, you look at Porto, what they did last year. Really strong team and really great defense. Uh, and I think they're going to create problems for teams. Uh, difficult to break down. AC Milan, I think, you know, to be honest, of all the, those teams there, is the only team I'm not too sure of because if they're back in Europe, are they? can they Can they do it in Europe? Um, Atletico is Atletico and, you know, Liverpool, they just... You know, Anfield. They're going to cruise along in, in the group stages. Yeah, they've got their mojo back. So who do we who do we see? Like, what what do we where do we see the group finishing? First, second, third, fourth. I think it's going to be Liverpool, Atletico. I think I think I think Porto. I think Milan might will be sneak close in. Back. I think Porto might sneak in third. That mm. their defense might just be the one that takes them above AC Milan. Interesting, Tim. Are you going the same? No, I think Milan will be close to that. Milan above Porto. Yeah. Yes. But I do think second, thir- third, and fourth. I think one to fourth would be very close anyway. Yeah. Like um, Liverpool's not going to dominate through the entire group stages. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get difficult games. Uh, and yeah, he says he's wearing an Arsenal shirt. <laughs> exactly. Liverpool's not going to like. Uh, whatever. I'm not going to defend Arsenal. I don't, I don't. I'm just wearing it because of Tomiyasu. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a close group. Okay, I'm actually going to throw a spanner in the hat. I think Atletico will top the group. I think Liverpool second. I see what you're saying about Porto's defence, but I think Milan third, Porto fourth. We'll see. I think think Atletico against big teams are better than they are against smaller teams. So I think even though they're currently, you know, drawing with Porto, I think the team, when they come up against Liverpool, they'll play better football. Um, But yeah, that... That's my group B. Uh, Group C next, obviously, again, still playing tonight, playing now. Uh, Ajax, Dortmund, Sporting and Besiktas. Obviously Dortmund already beaten Besiktas today 2-1. Um, Ajax are currently beating Sporting 3-1. Where do we see this group going? I think uh, Dortmund, Ajax, Sporting and then uh, Besiktas. Um. And also Holland and Fireman. That, that, that kid... Another goal. Ajax just scored, so Sporting just re- got relegated to the fourth. Oh, that's why I was pause. I was pausing. Oh, um, okay. Ajax is going to top the group, I think. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to go for that. Okay. I think um, Dortmund for sure second. Yeah. Um, they will be the top two. They have to. Yeah. Besiktas has got Loki got a good team. Um, Saint Victor Moses. Michi Batshuayi up front. Oh yeah. Chelsea represent obviously over here. On this I think Turkish team has always been under the radar. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the top three teams have always been pretty good. Um, so I think they'll do third. 
Okay. Um, sporting. I mean, they've got some good players, Pesic Das, Gokhan Tor, Pjanic is obviously now there from Barcelona, Gazelle, who is at Leicester, Atiba Hutchinson from Canada is is a great player, Batshuayi up front. You know, they're a team that you can't really underestimate. 100%. Okay, I, I think in terms of Group C, Dortmund top, Ajax second. Mm-hmm. Say it. Besiktas third, Sporting fourth. I can't believe that. Uh, I think that's the way it goes. I think that's the way it goes. Fair. Group D. Now, this is already been made a bit of a, an outlier from the fact that Sharif have beaten Shakhtar Donetsk today. <laughs> yeah. um, Sharif were the team that were expected to be rolled over in this group, lose all six games and just be there for the ride. Um, yeah. But now they've beaten... Oh, I've just seen that Rebic has just equalised for Milan against Liverpool. Um, but anyway, going back to Sheriff. Considering they've now beaten Shakhtar Donetsk, does this change the complex of this group? Are they now a team that could potentially push for third? I mean, we look at this group, it's Sheriff, Inter, Real Madrid and Shakhtar Donetsk. So the other two teams, Inter and Real Madrid, are playing now their level. Where do we see this group going? Because it's now been thrown a bit wide open from the fact that Sheriff have got three points. Yeah, I think with, uh, with any team, any small team that comes in with um, kind of the dream, the moment you win your first game, yeah. The moment you win your first game, especially yeah. against a team uh, like like that, I think it's just going to allow them to be like, well, at this point, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And they will play better for it. Other teams will be more cautious. Agreed. We saw that last year with Porto; they just played that way. And I think if if Sheriff if Sheriff really tapped down deep, they could do what we've seen Porto and Ajax do before, which is just go for it. Because what's what's the worst that could happen? Just look at the stats as well. Sheriff only had 32% possession. Shakhtar didn't have 21 shots compared to Sheriff's 11. 96 attacks compared to 24 of Sheriff. You know, they soaked up the pressure and they had the home advantage and I'm sure the crowd probably helped spur them on. Yeah. Um, so where, 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 do, where do we see this group ending then? Because I'm, I'm guessing for both of you, your top two is going to be real Madrid into Inter Milan, right? I think it's going to be a lot more even than people think because Milan is significantly weakened. Uh, Madrid is significantly weak- weakened. Not as good as people think. Mm. I, I also think, like, with them, um, I think Inter, as good as they are, they still have their frailties. They went out last year, same thing as before, and I just think it might it might just happen again. I think um, uh, it is going to be a hard, tougher task to call, so I think it might have to be... It will be Real Madrid, Inter, I think Sheriff, and then Shakhtar. Just quickly, AC Milan have just scored a second and they're now 2 1 up against Liverpool. Uh-oh. Just been down there. Well, I'm going to go back to that. Group <laughs> yeah, and, uh, change that. Go back, uh, Milan is um, going to top the group. <laughs> I think that. I'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah. say Atletico will be up there, you know, Liverpool maybe second. Yeah. But we did say that this group, I think, is going to be a really hard group. Because at the moment, every single team has one point. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean Milan uh, AC Milan, have, sorry. AC Milan out of three. Now of three, sorry. So. It could go either way. Each team has to feel like a final for... Each game has to feel like a final for them. But, um, yeah, that's for my other group. Uh, what about you, uh, Nathan, for that group? Group D, I mean... For me, I'm going Real Madrid. I think they have more group group depth in in their squad than Inter do. So I'm going Real Madrid first, Inter second, Sheriff third, Shakhtar Donetsk fourth. If Sheriff can get into the Europa League, that would be a huge, huge achievement for them. Yeah. Mm. 
if they, if they can get, you know, a win against Shakhtar Donetsk away and even just pick up one point down the line, they'll boost their chances of getting into the Europa League massively. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen small teams hold teams like Real Madrid into Milan in the past when they've, you know, when they've travelled to, to, to their home ground. So for these teams having to travel to Moldova, the fans, no pressure on, the, on Sheriff at all. We could see a couple of surprise results. A couple think, more surprise I results. definitely, like, fan, I think for the last year and a half, we kind of forget how powerful fans were. 100%. And I was, I was watching NFL this, week, this weekend um, with my, my team. Shout out Cleveland Browns. Let's not talk they about were the NFL. Up, yeah, let's not talk about your team. But anyway, like, I'm going to make this really short because we're not talking about the NFL. But the Browns were up two scores at the th- in the third quarter. and then the, this, But they were playing away. And the Chiefs fans all of a sudden just became really, really loud. And then they, they got the lead. It was only a three-point yeah. lead in the NFL. That's nothing. Yeah. But second rugby. But like, but like when you when when you when you're chasing a game with like seven minutes left. Yeah. Again, in the NFL, seven minutes is nothing. Um, and then you're playing against the crowd. Suddenly, you feel so hopeless. Yeah. And of course, Baker Mayfield, my man, threw a pick, and the game ended. Anyway, um, so I think that yeah, home 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 um, home field advantage is going to be massive this year, especially with the big teams not having played in hostile environments. They're not used to it, especially newer players and younger players. Yeah. yeah. And these two teams are probably going to rely a little bit more. These two big teams, quote-unquote, are going to rely a little bit more on younger players. Um, Leipzig oh, oh, oh. have just scored, so it's 2-1 yeah, to Leipzig. Well. Maybe next time we should do this prediction thing when none of them are playing. <laughs> 100%. Uh, it's, it's too good. It's too good to follow line. You know? <laughs> You've got to keep up with it. Um, what was your group standing then for group detail? Oh, dang it. Um, I think Real Madrid is going to come up top uh, just because of experience. Um, players as well yeah they still got a good bunch of players yeah. Inter Milan still all their best players they still have I mean they're still playing really well even though they've lost that many players and they've got a banging home kit so maybe that will be a yeah um, you like kits don't you Tim I do kits just make sure you enunciate yeah of course kits that's why I yeah. said kits yeah I like football jerseys yeah uh, anyway oh Liverpool it just I just updated on my screen the, the trailing not that we don't know that already yeah which kind of you know makes me happy um yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Real Madrid up top. Um, it's uh, as much as I l- want small teams to do well, you know, which is why I'm wearing an Arsenal jersey. Um, it's hard to think that Inter Milan would do worse than second. Yeah. Um, let's let's go for it. Let's go for Sheriff third. Europa League. Yeah. We shine a lot of love to Group D. We shine a lot of love. Shine yeah. a lot of love to Sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. We, lo- we, we do, do love an underdog, underdog there. <laughs> in, in, yeah. in a week of underdog in sports, <laughs> we love an underdog. Sheriff players, hit us up. They go on and lose the next five games. Imagine <laughs> yeah, <that>. but it's, <laughs> it's those <laughs> moments, isn't it? It's Come those on. moments you have. Although they win their last game, they could still be in the championship. Sheriff yeah. players are never going to forget that. No, no exactly. Oh, of course. I don't and like, I think, yeah. you know, when you look back to big occasions and one-night yeah. occasions, you yeah. know, yeah. everyone remembers from the, tw- from the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, that Shabalala goal. I mean, Norwich fans are still talking about winning against That celebration is legendary. Yeah. yeah. Today. When it happened in 86? It's those moments. Exactly. Yep. It's the moments. Uh, Group E. Let's move on to Group E. Um, Bayern Munich, Benfica, Dynamo Kiev, Barcelona. So now this is the four groups that played yesterday. Um, so we already know Bayern beat Barcelona 3-0. Was there ever any, ever any doubt? Was there ever any doubt? Um, no. Um, and obviously Kiev drew 0 with Benfica. Um, Obviously, the big talking point in here, when I saw it, I didn't watch the Hamilton highlights of the Bayern-Barca game, mm. but 
had it more of an embarrassing defeat than the 8-2 defeat because it was a, a you know a weaker team who just passed Barcelona off the pitch in their own you know I I can't remember any good play from Barcelona in the game. No. I'll be very honest with you. I I I think it's watched the whole game. Um but from what I saw, it just looked as though that um Barcelona are in that period where they are really going to have to make the fans patient. They've they're, lost they're, they're, in a, they're in a rebuilding zone now, right? A hun- I, I think so. If you look at, let's say, Real Madrid when they lost Ronaldo, it's slightly different because they still had bigger names in there. The team was kind of, you know, still had some other players in there. But I think with, uh, with Barcelona, the moment they lost Messi, they really were trying to then bring in new players for a new era. And right now, this is like, like I think what PK said, this is their reality. Uh, but do I think they will not beat Benfic- Benfica and Daniel Kiev? I think that's just ridiculous. So I think it's Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica third, and then uh, Dynamo Kiev. I'm going to think Bayern, Benfica, Barcelona, Wow. Ooh. Barcelona and the Europa League. <coughs> no, let's go. Wow. That's well, the first like kind of huge decision in this. You would think I would say that. I, I would I think, think Ty would say that. that is a I just think Barcelona, <laughs> Barcelona have got a group, group, good group of players, but most of the good ones are old now. They still um, got Memphis Depay, Aguero could come back. Brathwaite, yeah. Um, Brathwaite. Only 649 goals away from catching Messi. Is it De Jong um, they have, or is it? De Jong, yeah. De Jong, yeah. I, I, I just think they're caught in such a bad place at the moment. Ansu Fati. They are... Testagen, you tell me Testagen is gonna let by, you know Dynamo Kiev. They're, I mean, they're gonna let like one goal, one goal game loose. I think. I mean, e- I think I think the issue for <coughs> the the issue for us is that as we've grown up watching a Barcelona team that's always had star players, say that you know David Villa, Xavi, Iniesta. Um, Poyal and PK at the back, Danny Alves at right back, Dino, Valdez. Eto. They've always had these world class players. Yeah. And now they're building more young players. Say, so like, you look at the defence, and the only ones that, you know, are, are kind of staples in that defence are, are PK, Longley, Arsenal, and Umtiti. Right. And they're promoting youth. They've got Eric Garcia, they've got Serginio Dest, they've got Pedri, um, they've got Ricky Puig, who's, who's building up. Um, Ansu Fati's young, Dembele's still young, so they're building a younger team. And yeah. we're not used to seeing Barcelona in this state where they don't already have these world-class players who are experienced and tenured. Yeah. So I think that's the issue. And, and for me, like my group in this is, is the exact same as yours, Ty. Um, I'm getting the exact same Bayern, Barca, Benfica, and Kiev. Yeah, I do think having Bayern Munich as their first game it's, it's, was, it's was, tough. A, was a big ask. It's like, you know, they didn't. They don't have enough time to. People forget, you know, Spanish La Liga has only played three games. Yeah. And so that's that's barely any games. So, so some, some leagues, leagues have played, played seven, seven and eight already. Yeah. So. Preseason. Okay. Group F. Yes. Currently stands as Young Boys in first, Atlanta second, Villarreal third. I think Young Boys. And Manchester United in fourth. I think Young Boys are the biggest team in this table. So. I really see them stay. What disrespect <laughs> towards At- At- Atalanta and Villarreal. You know, I, I do think that Manchester United are the only team here who I think, okay, no jokes aside, I do think as 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 terrible as a, as a result was for Man United, maybe because Tim Wall, that's um, I do think that 
if they win their next all the next games they're through. But okay, the, the, I mean, the real question: Would Man United have won that game if they had eleven men on the pitch? Uh, yes, I think they would have been able to stick it, stick through it. This is where a question comes for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, I don't even know how to say his name. Sure, my Phillips. Yeah, <laughs> Ole at the wheel. Should we should we say? I do think that his uh, his tactical awareness of putting uh, Lingard to almost give them the twelfth man was very confusing for me. Why would you take off Ronaldo? A player who has proven time and time again to be a player who can change games. You can get a goal if you need it. Need it. Yeah, and yeah. this is the very reason I think they might actually struggle in this group because if he keeps making decisions like these, I agree. those small teams are going to look at United and go, hey, we could actually just throw them off enough for Ole to make a bad mistake and for us to go through. Yep. So I, I don't even think they could go first place. I think the the best they should aim for, I think they could probably get is second place. I mean, like look at last year, right? We we got to we won the first three games. Yeah. Uh, we beat uh, PSG. Yeah. And then everyone was just happy with it. Like there was no adjustment afterwards because everyone else figured figured this out. Yeah. Group G. Um, I think this is a group Wait, where... Have we, have we come up with predictions for Group F? Oh, um, I gave mine. I'm not sure. Yeah. I actually haven't, haven't, actually. I said, um, I think Atalanta number one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Man United number two. You're very and generous. And then Villarreal. I don't know. My, my words are gone today. I'm going to go Atalanta. Yeah. Villarreal. Man United. Wow. Young boys. I'm going to go... Tim or Ty, I can't tell. Man United. Oh. oh. You two are very Ooh. generous. Atalanta. You know what? Right I'm going to second Tim. I actually think Man United are going to get third. Yeah. I just I, I, I changed I my turn. I don't see that. I don't see that. I Sancho, my you, can't, you cannot bring in Sancho, Varane, and Ronaldo and not qualify to the last watch of us. Champions League. Nathan, watch no, us. No, no, no. It's, it's going to happen. happen. It's going to happen. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I do think Man United gets I think, second. I think Man United, Man United against, against better teams. teams. I mean, they're, they're looking for revenge against Villarreal. I don't think they'll struggle against Atalanta. Atalanta are a good team, but I don't think they'll struggle against them. I mean, yeah. I mean, if they beat. The next, if they win the next three games, they're Good pretty position. much through. Okay, Group G. This again for me. This is this is the group I've looked at. This is a hard one. And have thought it's a very tough group because Salzburg, Sevilla, LOSC, Lille, and Wolfsburg are all very even teams. Obviously, LOSC got here by winning league and so they went into Pot One automatically, and I don't think they're a yeah. Pot One team, but it's how it happens. How it happens. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the matches from yesterday, LOSC drew 0 0 with Wolfsburg. Uh, Draws throughout. Sevilla drew 1 1 with Salzburg. And that Salz, just, just quickly, that Salzburg Sevilla game was very. I don't know if you saw it, there was four penalties in the first half. Wow. I didn't so, see. Um, Salzburg had a penalty missed. Salzburg then got a penalty and scored. Salzburg then got a third penalty and missed. And then Sevilla got a penalty and scored. And that's how it ended 1 1. <laughs> wow. So Salzburg could have won that 3 1 on a different day. Yeah. Um, but where do we see this group? Finishing. I think of all the groups, this is probably the one where it's a toss-up to whichever team wants it most. But uh, LFC Lille, as nice as it is, they've lost a lot of their players. Um, the manager left. Um, they're already struggling in the league. So I don't think they're going to go through. Wolfsburg, um, I'm not too certain about Wolfsburg, where they stand right now in their domestic league. But... Um, I do think Salzburg always show up to the Champions League. And I also think Sevilla just have too much experience in the European competitions. So for me, it would have to be probably Sevilla top, 
Salzburg second, Wolfsburg third, and then Leo fourth. I don't watch enough non top <laughs> placing Yeah, Tim's casually speaking. <laughs> top placing European football to figure out who's gonna come on top. Um uh, all of them have also just so like I was like even if I'm just blindly guessing out of stats, <laughs> you can't because all of them's got one goal. They're all of them have got one point, and the goal difference between the four teams is one goal. <laughs> yes. um, but but you're using experience, right? Sevilla have played this competition, yeah. have I been in Sevilla, this competition. Sevilla is going to go on top. And Salzburg have been here before. They once went to the last sixteen. So Wolfsburg. They have, but that was a very very long time ago. In comparison. I'm just going off experience, and I think the teams that have the most exper- experience Sevilla, Sevilla, will be Sevilla and Wolfsburg. Salzburg, top two. Lille, third. Wolfsburg, fourth. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going, going Sevilla, Sevilla top. top. LOSC, Lille, Lille second. second. Salzburg, third. Wolfsburg, fourth. Yeah. Uh, final, final group. group. Big, big one from me and you, Ty. Obviously, Chelsea group. Group H. Uh, Malmo. Chelsea, Zenit, and Malmo. Uh, Chelsea beating Zenit 1-0 last night thanks to Romelu. Uh, Juventus beat Malmo 3-0 as well. Uh, another group where is there anyone going to finish in the top two aside from Juventus and Chelsea? Don't Hot, see hot take, Chelsea on top. Zenit second. Juventus third. Malmo Zenit second. Fourth. Very bold choice given that... Zenit, I mean, to be fair, Zenit did have chances last night. They when did. I was wa- when I was watching the but, highlights of the game. But I think they were playing for a draw. Because I think they were looking more that Malmo game has more of a place where they could get the, Malmo game the six, is a six points. Pointer. Yeah, I think that's why they're probably looking and saying if we had gotten, if we can get two points against Juventus and Chelsea, six points against Malmo, that's seven points. I think that's probably what they're probably thinking going that's into this game. Eight points. You said two points sorry, eight points. Sorry, eight points. Sorry, eight points. As you can see, my maths. Can't read people's names. Now I can't do simple maths. Eight, 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 eight. Two, one. Anyway, um, so. I, I think as nice as it is for Malmo to be in this group, I think they're going to finish last. Yeah. Zenit, no I do think they're going to stay third. Yeah. I think they've shown enough that they could cause an upset maybe to Chelsea again or to Juventus again I with a cheeky Chelsea's draw. Top, there's no question. Yeah, but Chelsea, I think, champions of Europe. Put some respect on our name, you know. Uh, best team in England. Uh, number one and then Juventus, number two. Okay, I agree. Chelsea, Chelsea top, top, Juventus second, Zenit third. Malmo yeah, four. of course. That's your group as well. Yeah. Tim went for Zenit over Juventus. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I like a good hot take. It's like I'm betting. Betting for the over under. <laughs> I don't bet, guys. There we go. Um, so, I mean, that's Champions League done. Um, just before we go on to our final section, which is predictions, just want to touch on the fact that Man City did score a third Ooh. before half time. It is Riyad Mahrez in the penalty spot. So they need 3 1 now. Um, and all the games are at half time. So let's go across to Premier League predictions quickly. Um, 10 games this weekend. Uh, are we ready to go? Yeah. Jump, Jump straight in for these predictions. Well, I used my uh, free hit on my team this week. so. Um, Do you know what? I'm going to bring it in this week because, uh, unfortunately, I was out and about last Saturday and my team did not save until exactly 11 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> which it was too late. So I don't play fantasy league too I, I, much time. I brought in, I used two of my transfers. Then I got Antonio. Where do you get all this time to do this? I, I captain Antonio. It's not that I've got much minus time. two points instead of minus How one. How do you all get this time? You to just do this? I spend like okay, that's probably why I'm not winning. But I spend at most ten minutes a week doing this. Fair. Yeah. I know some people, and I know some people who listen to this podcast spend quite a lot of time. Yeah. I just 
every week on I their just, fantasy football teams just and like wonder why they're in first place. <laughs> well, like, okay, so here's the interesting thing. So um, last year was A-Ray. What? You've got name drop on the podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry, Adam. Um, just named you a second time. But uh, my friend, uh, who shall not be named, um, spent, it's the first time he, that he played uh, fantasy last year. Yeah. And I reckon, because fantasy is very much about statistics yeah. and um, advance. And I can't wait to get him on. I can't wait to get him on. Yeah, he will be on at some point. Um, it's about, you know, advanced analytics. Mm. Um, and because he watches baseball a lot, and baseball is a lot about advanced analytics. That, and he did really well. And he finished. Yeah. So like, it's about understanding stats yeah. and predictions and XGs and XGAs and whatever. Mm. Um, and like, I think because he's so accustomed to that sort of stuff, watching baseball, th- like maybe I need to start picking up baseball. I so, mean, so why did you think he would think about the Newcastle-Leeds United game? I mean, I was going to say, talking about stats, we've got some uh, stats to predict and that's the score lines. Um, Mine was smoother. Ties were smoother, to be fair. So yeah, Newcastle-Leeds, Friday night. Unbelievable. I'm going... Newcastle, Newcastle 2 leads 1 Leeds you disappoint me because I sub- Marcelo Bielsa is a fraud <laughs> I'm still not over last week I, I am so annoyed you know I subbed out TAA because I knew I thought Leeds was going to score because because Ty convinced me that he is this managerial <laughs> masterclass um, so I'm going to go um, Newcastle leads 2-2 two, two. <laughs> elite manager I think Leeds are going to win it 3-1 uh, Okay. Uh, this is, that was a purely emotional um, prediction. <laughs> so, because um, he's going to ties back and leads to win every single game this season. A hundred percent. He's got a shrine to Marcelo. I mean, okay, look, look at them on the table. He's, Where are they in the he's, table? He's definitely got a shrine. In his Where are they in the table? Seventeenth, two points. And see that he doesn't. Ties goes to him. Ty goes to him. Ty goes to in his bedroom, and he's he's got a Marcelo Bielsa shrine, and he sits on a bucket. Shrine. Looks at the shrine. Ty's got a tomb. His tombstone will be. Bielsa is elite. That is going to be on Actually, this is so I say. Would have lived longer if he lived under Bielsa's managerial <laughs> standards. Okay, okay. Moving, moving, moving on. Uh, we're running out of time here drastically. Wolves-Brentford. Um, Wolves-Brentford. I'm going 2-0 Wolves. I actually think it's going to be a draw, just 1-1. I think Brentford are really good at managing games this season. 1-1. 2-1 to Brentford. Brentford. Uh, Burnley-Arsenal. Could Tim, potential relegation battle. As the Arsenal fan here, could you tell us what your prediction is? As a Tomiyasu fan, uh, hat trick Tomiyasu. I'm going to go one-one. I think Burnley are going to run over Arsenal two-one. Yeah, I think Arsenal two-nil. Um, Liverpool Crystal Palace. Ooh, ah, Crystal Palace on the rise. Scored a couple of goals. I think it's going to be tight, but I think it's going to be a three-two to Liverpool. Three-one Liverpool. 3-0 Liverpool. Man City, Southampton. 2-0 City. 3-0. 4-0 City. Washington <laughs> <laughs> score uh, five. Norwich, Watford. Let's go, Norwich, 1-0. Game of the I'm going to be realistic. Game of the week? 3-1 <laughs> Norwich. I think 3-1 Watford. I'm going to be realistic. Let's, I'm going to start being optimistic about Norwich. I think Norwich traditionally has been good against Watford. Uh, and they... I low-key feel like they get, they're getting the pressure now. They know that at some point they're going to have to score those chances. They need to at least draw or win a game. I think, I think this is the weekend for Norwich. I'm going to go Norwich 2 Watford nil. Carrow Road, fans behind them. No world-class players on a Watford team. 2-0 Norwich. 2-1. I'm going to change my mind. 2-1. 2-1 to Norwich. 
Okay, Aston Villa, Everton. Oh, 2-1 to Everton. I think it's going to be a 2-2. Two, two. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Uh, on to Sunday's last three games. Brighton, Leicester. I'm going to go Brighton 1, Leicester 2. Leicester 1-0. I think Leicester are going to win 3-0. West Ham, Manchester United. I think it's going to be KG, but 2-1 United. 2-2. Two, two. I think with no Mikel Antonio, Man United are going to run right here. Oh, yeah, actually, I forgot about that. 2-0. Um, Oh, United. yeah, 2-0. That's 2-0 then. I don't see West Ham scoring. Jesse Lingard scoring for West Ham. Jesse Lingard, another own goal. <laughs> uh, final game of the week. Sunday afternoon. Tottenham Hotspur against Chelsea. Go on, boys. I'll let you guys Sorry, do this one first. I, can't, I, can't, I couldn't hear the last team you mentioned because there's only one team in London. Chelsea are playing. Oh, get out. Who? Sorry, yeah. Uh, Chelsea. Uh, Europa Conference League group stage <laughs> team Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> I think it's going to be Chelsea, 3-0, uh, 3-0 Chelsea. 1-0 Chelsea. I, I think it could be more. I think it could be 3-0, three, 3-1 three three Chelsea because Chelsea playing on Tuesday, Tottenham having to play on Thursday. Mm. Only th- you know, two days rest before game day for Tottenham. So I'm going to go 3-1 Chelsea. Mm. No more Mendy clean sheets. I did see a fact he kept something like 29 clean sheets in 50 games now for Chelsea. He's kept the most clean sheets since last season. Doing well. Goalkeeper boys. That is predictions done. And another podcast done. Not too bad. You know, we kept it close to 50 minutes. Not bad. Not bad. We're not going to the hour. We're not going to the hour this time. It's good. We're getting better. I feel like... Us three, whenever we're on, uh, 50, to 50 minutes to an hour, 10 minutes is like our sweet spot. Yeah. I'd, 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 this is I think next week we should just put a big clock over here. Yeah. Like a timer. A countdown timer. When yeah. it gets close to Now we should have Marco Bielsa's face on there. Well, to show respect. Your bedroom, mate. To, a, to a legend. This is Showing disrespect to one of the greatest managers to have ever... <laughs> Guardi- you giving disrespect he's, to Pep Guardiola. He's even laughing now. So I I think no, 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 no. I'm just laughing because your all's face is making me laugh. But I'm going to be very serious here. But I, I actually think you're... When people listen to the podcast, you're going to see the feedback. A lot of people are going to agree with me. And you're all going to be surprised. If, if Bielsa is elite, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is world class. If Bielsa is elite, then, then, then I'm world class. Well, <laughs> since Ole has managed United with 10 times the budget, he's still on... No trophies. Ten, ten and yet Leeds time the actually have a trophy, which is the playoff. Does Biel- oh my can God. Also draw Sorry, let me, let me which rewind. Which is the playoff let, trophy let, let, more let than rewind. Man United. He let actually has rewind. touched if, silverware. If Bielsa is world-class, uh, elite, then Farker is otherworldly. No, uh, he... He's not because he hasn't done. He hasn't made managers talk about him in the same way that Bielsa he definitely has. has. He definitely has. No managers are waking up saying, oh, I, can't, I can't believe. <laughs> every, every team wants to Dortmund was thinking about hiring him. Yeah. He came from Dortmund, didn't he? Yeah, get out. He came from Dortmund's second team. But he's not in a Dortmund. In the same league that's that the difference. Bielsa. No, because he extended in Norwich. Yeah, that's he the difference. He believes in his own project. But that's the difference. And on though. this heated debate that takes, takes place, place next week, week we're going to end the episode. Just because this could go on all night. It really could. Yeah, because I'm going to tear his face off. <laughs> this is what Because Marco Bielsa really is one of the greatest managers of all time. Uh, Ty, Ty, you've had your say. Ty, you've had your say. I have, to, I have to put up with this every week. Um, <laughs> see you guys next week. <laughs> see you next Bye. week. Have a good one. <laughs>